The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. As we go into these last days, the last of the last days, we're going to have to engage in the supernatural. This message is designed to help you grow up, increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, that's where the enemy doesn't want you. But if you don't have the knowledge of God, you don't have knowledge. It's got to increase you in knowledge because he's going to have bigger tasks for you to perform. He's going to have greater revelation, greater manifestation, greater miracles for you to see. Where am I trying to take you? I'm trying to take you to miracles because miracles won't work out of a condemned heart. And what I'm telling you is that enemy had tried to contain miracles because miracles are proof that the one you serve is alive. Let's get it so that nobody will deny the God that we serve. The biggest thing that Adam lost in the garden was the image of God. I said the image of God. Are you with me? The power and ability of God flowed through the image of God. And, and what the enemy wants to rob you of is the correct image. He wants you to have a distorted image of who God thinks or says you are. But you're going to go in this Bible and you're going to find the true image of what he said. Now, what I talked about is the fact of condemnation last time. And I said condemnation is a disease of the spirit, just like cancer is a disease of the body. And condemnation, guilt, shame, and all these things will not only distort the picture of how you see yourself, but it will distort the revelation that you can get from God. There is therefore now what? No condemnation. Now, if I take a glass of water and I will shine a light through it, this light will come in, the water will allow the light to pass right through, but if I take the water and I put some mud in it and stir it up, now all of a sudden it's hindering the light that would come in. Condemnation is mud that hinders the light and power of God from coming through you and being able to address the needs of humanity. Oh, come on now, you got to stay with me. You see, the kingdom of God now is being preached again. Why? Because we've had divided camps. We've had this camp and the Baptist camp and the Church of God, all these camps. And folks, all they, each one of them thought the other one wasn't saved. And, and, and what I'm saying is the kingdom is a different paradigm. It, it's not talking about division, but it's talking about one. And, and in that, you'll see some of the other uh, religions or faiths, if you will, they even have a kingdom concept because they know that it's all one. I mean, they all meet together as one. Why? They all are part of that religion. I'm just saying Christianity had broken up the camp over here, camp over there, but all that, those walls are coming down. And now it's going to be a kingdom consciousness where you're just not going to come in a church, but you're going to come in a church to get refueled so that you can go back out there and in the place that you are, no longer will you debate with sister so-and-so about she didn't come from a rhesus monkey, but you will demonstrate what you are saying is true. Now you got to hear what I'm saying now. I'm saying that the devil fears the demonstration. 
Paul said it like this over in 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse uh, 4. And my speech and my preaching was not in the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? That your faith shall not rest or stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm saying that one miracle is worth a thousand sermons. And so the enemy doesn't want the church to move into that realm. And the church, for the most part, hasn't moved into the realm. It's because most of the time, one of the things has been condemnation, that we are still trying to work out, are we saved or not? We're still trying to work out, are we forgiven or not? Let me remind you of this. Glory to God. That once you got born again, the slate got clean. And then when you come in here and miss it, you can cleanse it again by confessing what you've done. And he's faithful and just to, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, my point to you is, hey, wait a second. I've got to take this into my life because I've got to have the life and the power and the light of God to come through my life, and it can't come through with guilt, with shame, with, with, with a sense of inferiority, so forth and so on. Hey, you shouldn't be ashamed of anything. Say amen to that. You're a child of God, and God is the one who justified you. God is the one, he, he said, you are accepted in the beloved, and you don't have to be ashamed of where you were born, how you were born. Come on now. I don't know who my daddy is. Yes, you do. Your daddy is God. It's right in here. It's right here, right here. Come on, you don't have to be ashamed if you've got a penitentiary record. You don't have to be ashamed if you got out of the towel out of well. I'm saying, yes, it happened. I know it shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. And that's why he's got the blood here, because it did happen. But the enemy took advantage of you just like he took advantage of Eve in that garden. She was deceived. She didn't do it on purpose. My point to you is this, is that God has a way of fixing it so that you can come back into perfect fellowship with him. Perfect fellowship means that I can hear God just like I hear my own prayer. I can hear him so clear. I don't have to be, well, what do you think the Lord is saying? I don't have to do that anymore. I'll just say, yes, Lord, thank you. I appreciate that. It says over in Romans, and Romans chapter 5, glory to God, and verse uh, 17, it says that, for by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in what? Life by what? One, Jesus Christ. So reign as kings. For me to reign in this life, I'm going to have to take advantage of God's grace. For me to reign in life, I'm going to have to believe that I am the righteousness of God. Say amen to that. Now, I'm saying that the enemy is after your image because he knows through your image flows the power and the anointing of God. Say amen to that, through God's image in you. Now, let me go, let me go, praise God. All right, so now we, <laughs> what I was getting at is that we have the same spiritual capacity as Jesus. Now, when I say that, I mean him in his human form here in this earth, that God 
loves you just as much as he loved him. And that he's given you capacity. He said, let this mind be in who? You, the same as it was in Christ. So you have that same capacity. The Bible says we are his fullness. We are his fullness. We are his workmanship. So when I say that, I mean that this, my God shall supply all my what? Need. According to what? His riches in glory by who? Christ Jesus. So God, I need God because he's going to supply all my need. Am I right about it? But guess what? He needs you. He made a, a covenant with Adam that said, let them have dominion. Say amen to that. So he gave dominion to people. So he has to operate through us. Say amen to that. So if he's got to operate through us, he needs your hands, he needs your feet, he needs your mouth. God could have just gone down there and did something to Pharaoh himself and gotten children of Israel free. He didn't do that. What did he do? He grabbed a man named Moses and sent him down there. Why? Because he needed a mouthpiece. Moses stood up there in front of God and said this, I can't talk. You remember when he said that? God said, who made your mouth? Come on now, I'm talking about this. The reason, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm saying we're talking about a season of the supernatural. We're talking about now that we're coming into this, we're saying, hold it, wait a minute. Let me understand the mystery of this supernatural. Because I think if I can understand this, I can operate in it. Now I'm not talking about me, I'm already operating in it. I'm talking about you. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Matthew's gospel, please. And Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I believe I got some believers up in here somewhere. All right, look what it said in verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered, Jesus now talking. He said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. So it's given to you to know the mystery. What is a mystery? Mystery is something that's hidden. It's something that's beyond natural comprehension. It's something that's true, but it's something that you can't figure out with the natural mind. You can't get that far. So it's given to you. Who is you? The believers. God's children. It's given to you to know something that other folk don't know. Uh, come on now. I said, it's given to you to know something that PhDs don't know. It, it's given to you. <laughs> you. You better stay with me. Now, I'm not coming down on degrees, but I'm saying the degrees in the education system tried to take God out. But what has happened when they took God out, they took out the mystery. Now, some of the problems they can't solve because they're meant to be solved on the level of the mystery. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? All right, now, in this, so as Jesus said this, the mysteries, we are looking at now the mysteries of the supernatural. That's what we're calling this. 
the process, how it works. When in, in, in Exodus chapter 7, can I just cover this? <laughs> in Exodus chapter 7, Moses was going down to Pharaoh. And God said, now he's going to ask you to do a miracle. Because if you don't go down there and preach what I'm sending you to preach, this got to be more than words. <laughs> now, <clears throat> Jesus not only preached the gospel, but signs and wonders and miracles were done verifying that what he preached was true and that he is who he said he is. What has happened a lot today in the church, and we're recovering from this, so it's, it's a good time to be saved. Is that the church has, is, is, I want to say this right because I want to release it in the right way. God is bringing us back to the supernatural. Many of God's people have not seen the results that need to be gotten in situations because they have eliminated the God factor. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I had somebody to talk to me, and these, these, are, these are very, very erudite, scholarly individuals. And after I hung that phone up, or after I got out of that conversation, I said, now, now these, these people are saved, and bless their heart, nothing against it. But I said, you know, that conversation did not give any credit to God being a factor in what we could or could not do. It strictly came from the textbooks at that business school. And, and I'm telling you that the God factor has got to come back in and be included. Now, you and I 
God spoke some things. Now let's, let's, let's go over here. Let's, now what we said is Jesus said, it's not me. It's the Father in me. He's doing the work. Now they got on Jesus. They said, now why are you healing on the Sabbath day? Jesus said, well, but why are you going to stone me? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Now, now, the reason why I'm saying this to you is because this is the problem in the church. And this is why the church hasn't moved into this supernatural season. Glory to God. <laughs> Let, let's go. Let's go. Let's go over to, to uh, glory to God. Let's go over to Mark's gospel and Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Let me know when you get there. Now, a miracle process of it. If I scratch my hand and I have a bruise, normally, does it get healed? Okay? I might put a little iodine on it or something like that, but normally it gets healed. Why? Because once I've scratched that, the body is alerted and white blood cells begin to rush to that area and help to fight the bacteria. That's a process God put in the body. Got it? But in that process, it takes, you know, some days or weeks, whatever it takes. And the same thing about a broken bone, if you have it. God will try, the body will try to mend it. Okay? Now, that's a process. Now, in a miracle, it doesn't take that long, but the process is the same. There is a process in the miracle. You just don't see it. Hello. So now because I'm dealing with the glory of God, I'm dealing with another dimension, I'm dealing with heaven's reality where there is no time, I don't need to wait on time. But I'm getting this done supernaturally. Are you with me here? Now, a miracle is hard for you, but it's not hard for God. See, you got to understand that, wait a minute, it's not me. It's not me that's doing the work. It's God that's doing the work. I'm just being used 
because for him to flow through me, I got to have his mind. But he can flow through me and do whatever needs to be done, and I don't need to wait 15 weeks for it to happen. I can get him to do it right now. Come on now. Now, this is an extension of what I taught you last week. Look what it says here in Mark chapter 9. No, no, look at me first. So here's the boy. They brought him to, to the disciples for them to cast the demons out of his son. And, 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 and the man brought him to, to, to the disciples. Well, they couldn't cast him out. So here's Jesus. He said, verse 19, he answered and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. They brought him to Jesus. All right. Now, verse 23, and Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, all things are possible, come on, to him that believe. So there are things that God cannot do for you until you what? Believe. Now he can do it. Come on now. See, just because it didn't happen for you don't mean he can't do it. <laughs> so now, believing is a key, so I got to get my thinking right because God's got to flow through me. You got to believe that he'll do his part if I just do my part. The way I'm going to believe is just like Jesus believed. It's not me, it's the Father in me. He's doing the work. I just got to believe that he's going to do his part. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, that's where people get off the boat. Here's Moses in Numbers chapter 9. God says, the people are crying for meat. Okay, fine, I'm going to give them meat. But I'll not give them meat for one day or two days or three days or a week. I'm going to give them meat for a whole month. I'm going to give them so much meat till it comes out of their nostrils. Now, understand, he's talking about three million people. Talking about give them meat, and there's no deep freezers out there in that wilderness. He's talking about feeding them every day for a month. Meat, come on now. No spoilage, none of that stuff. Come on. Well, Moses said, now, wait a minute. If you gather all the fish of the sea... If you gather all the birds I've seen in the air, there's no way you can feed these people. He said, wait a minute. Has the Lord's hand waxed short? Now, what did he do? He hit Moses' choke point. He, he, he got to the limit of what Moses could believe, watch this, he could do. He said, then according to your faith, be it unto you. Say, according to my faith. See, you might not be able to believe like B.W. believes. And because of that, I can get an airplane, I can get a new house cash, I can get this. And it's not because God doesn't want it to do for you. He, he just needs you to believe that he will give you the house. He, see, he, you, <laughs> you got to stop believing that there's a limit on what you can do based on what he can do. You've been putting you in the question. It's hard 
for you to believe that you can produce a million dollars in two weeks. It's hard for you to believe that you can do that. Now, if somebody says, well, I know uh, Bill Gates, and listen, let me call Bill Gates and see, can he help us out, and so forth. He said, now I'll call him, and, and, and Bill Gates said, well, let the person call me, and they call him, and Bill Gates gets a call, and you explain the situation, well, we need a million dollars, so forth, and he picks up the phone, calls one call, 30 seconds, boom, hangs the phone up, say, you got your money. All right. Now, he could do that because he had the resources to do what you need to be done, watch this, in two weeks' time that you couldn't do on your own. Am I right about it? Now, that's Bill Gates. I'm not talking about Bill Gates. I'm talking about God of heaven and earth can get you a million dollars by next Saturday. It's a season for the supernatural. It's time for God's people to stop being like Moses and trying to limit what he can do. All he needs you to do is believe that he can do it. Well, praise the Lord. I trust that you enjoyed that teaching. Now, that's from a series, Living in the Supernatural. Now, this particular teaching is called Mystery of the Supernatural. It's a powerful teaching part of a three-disc series. Now, in this, two points I'd like you to remember. One is that there is therefore now no condemnation. In other words, condemnation will try to block the way to the supernatural in your life. So you need to get rid of the guilt or shame or what I did when I was four years old, whatever have you. Get rid of that. God has forgiven you. You got born again. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then the next thing is the God factor. That means factor in God in everything you do. You see, the supernatural is not an event for us. It's a lifestyle. And when you are running up on problems, let's say in, let's say in the home, in the marriage or whatever have you, well, sometimes people call the pastor and have a meeting with him. Well, the pastor, if he's a good pastor, listens for the Holy Ghost. In other words, God speaks to that particular leader and kind of counsels people and so forth. Well, you've got the same God. You can go in prayer. God can tell you, well, you shouldn't say this. You shouldn't do this. And you can put that thing back together yourself. I'm not saying people don't need counseling, but I'm saying many times people don't factor in God at the front of their problem. They wait till it gets so bad. And then now the problem, well, I think we should pray. Well, you should have done that at first. Praise the Lord. But it's a powerful series. It tells you some of these things that you can do to get the supernatural in your life. Well, this is Bill Winston. That's all we have for this time. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep walking by faith. As we go into these last days, the last of the last days, we're going to have to engage in the supernatural. This message is designed to help you grow up, increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, that's where the enemy doesn't want you. But if you don't have the knowledge of God, you don't have knowledge. He's got to increase you in knowledge because he's going to have bigger tasks for you to perform. He's going to have greater revelation, greater manifestation, greater miracles for you to see. Where am I trying to take you? I'm trying to take you to miracles because miracles won't work out of a condemned heart. And what I'm telling you is that enemy had tried to contain miracles because miracles are proof that the one you serve is alive.
Let's get it so that nobody will deny the God that we serve. Increase in the knowledge of God that carries the power of God. Today, with Pastor Bill Winston's teaching entitled, Living in the Supernatural. To order on CD or DVD by bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at billwinston.org. We are saved, sanctified, and fully redeemed to occupy this earth and live supernaturally. This is your season of manifested miracles. Order your copy today of Living in the Supernatural 